0: As we enter into this Advent season, uncertainty is all around us. We feel the tension. We know the longing. We live with quiet anticipation in the not yet, the known, the unknown, the liminal, mysterious space of the Advent season. As we cross over the threshold of Advent once again, what does it mean for us to lean into this season to give ourselves to these weeks that show us there is no place where God does not desire to meet us, even in the mystery. Known and unknown, dwelling in the mystery of Advent. Christmas fear. Tis the season. Of endearing but innocuous Christmas pageants, where the Christmas story is bubble wrapped in the most adorable tea toweled shepherds, bathrobed wise men, cherub like angels belting out their off key alleluias, and an altogether undisturbing baby Jesus, meek and mild. Trouble is, the nativity is decidedly not cute. There's a wildness and a weirdness to it that matches the God who comes. And the very human response throughout the nativity stories, then, is the expression of fear. You have dumbstruck Zechariah, greatly troubled Mary, unsettled Joseph, and the shepherds who are sore afraid we really don't take stock of how fear is one of the most consistent characters in the Christmas Story cast. Throughout December, we're hearing carols and commercials cajoling us to enter the wonder of Christmas. They're mostly drippy calls that miss the relationship of wonder and fear, a quite intimate connection that feels too close for our liking. We'd mostly prefer a safer, a sparkly sort of wonder, a bounded form of mystery. Something present, but clearly contained. Maybe a little like watching the silverback gorillas at the zoo. But what if that gorilla breaks out of the zoo enclosure? And what do you do with a god who rips the time-space continuum to come close? Now you sense the appropriate fear that accompanies the mystery of Christmas. To live in wonder is to live in the middle of life's overwhelm. Much of the overwhelm we experience is the deluge of goodness, the awe from the reckless generosity of the creator. And yet a common part of the experience of mystery is bafflement. Psalm 42 sings of hope and trust, but it's set against some serious confusion and some awfully hard questions. Where are you, God? Why so disturbed and downcast? Why have you forgotten me? That's the hard edge of mystery. It's less a delight at so much more that I can't fully take in, and more so a raising of a confused fist against all that doesn't make sense or doesn't fit. Encountering mystery, then, feels akin to fear. Awe always has a proper hint of fright in it. When I hike in the mountains, I'm left speechless by the magnificent beauty all around me, and yet I'm also silenced by the realization that there are a hundred ways I could die in this territory. After Jesus calms the wind and the waves, Peter cowers in awe-filled terror before Jesus because this man is too much, meek and wild. Isn't that what the villagers of the Gadarenes in Matthew 8 felt when they met Jesus, the demon hurler? Before them sat the region's most notorious and violent specters, but now clothed in their right minds. And nothing in their frame of reference could account for this new reality. And their response? They pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. They begged Jesus to get out of town because health and wholeness scared the daylights out of them. We're so used to death that health terrifies us. We're so accustomed to shadows and despair that when hope and light show up, we hardly know what to do with them, let alone have the ability to recognize it. And more often than not, the instinctive response is to settle for lesser gods that we can manage because the living God is so utterly undomesticated and very much beyond our control. The fearful mystery in the coming of Jesus is the arrival of the sovereign of nations, the firstborn over all creation, the Alpha, the Omega, the resurrection and the life, the rival to every throne, including the throne of your life, the one who claims us so completely that nothing is off limits. A tidy, safe God evokes no awe. Canadian author, teacher, and pastor Mark Buchanan writes, the safe God asks nothing of us, gives nothing to us. He never drives us to our knees in hungry, desperate praying and never sets us on our feet in fierce, fixed determination. A safe God inspires neither awe nor worship nor sacrifice. The safe God is actually your worst enemy. In C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Pevensy children begin to hear of Aslan, the King of Narnia, who is a lion. And Lucy wonders, is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. The reverse scenario happens every Christmas. We're hardly nervous, more like a bit lulled by the image of a little baby. And what could be more harmless than that? And yet, the mystery in the manger is that the hand of power that rules all things is curled around a mother's finger. The season of Advent has been the church's time to prepare the way for the Lord. It reminds us that this newborn baby is anything but safe and teaches us how to enter the fearful mystery of Christmas. Part of that important preparatory work is to scrub away all the froth and cliches of Christmas. And so Advent is a season of repentance And one of the more important things I need to repent of are all my safeguards, that well-curated pantheon of lesser deities that are actually my worst enemies. And it's only then that I'm ready to be embraced by the one who holds all the hopes and fears of all the years. I want to be there for the wonder of Christmas's unbearable light. I want to behold the mystery of Emmanuel. And along with the wild-eyed John the Baptist, it's poets like Denise Levertov who get me into the right advent posture of unflinching realism and wild hope. Listen now to Denise Levertov's On the Mystery of the Incarnation. It's when we face for a moment the worst our kind can do, and shudder to know the taint in our own selves, that awe cracks the mind's shell and enters the heart. Not to a flower, not to a dolphin, to no innocent form, But to this creature, vainly sure, it and no other is God-like. God, out of compassion for our ugly failure to evolve, entrusts as guest, as brother, the word.